I woke up that morning on October 22nd thinking I was just going to live my life and have a normal day, and I got shot and almost died. The police saved my life. I would not be here if it were not for them. Thank you to all the officers out there doing what you do every day. You don't get the appreciation that uh, you deserve. With this episode, I turn the mic over to Zach, the young man you just heard. He is a Seattle citizen and business owner who has a very personal message of thanks for the Seattle Police Department and all law enforcement. As we heard in my last episode with a Seattle police officer, a 40-year veteran of law enforcement, there is very little that means more than a thank you from a citizen. So I wanted to share Zach's story. Two years ago, Zach, age 32, was a victim of a drive-by shooting in which he nearly lost his life. It was because of the quick actions and EMT training of two Seattle police officers that Zach is here as a survivor, telling his story and paying it forward. Hi, Zach. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I have to say, when I first heard your story, it was described as a drive-by shooting, and my mind went to, you're sitting in your house, someone drives by, they shoot out the window. I later learned that is not at all the case. Yeah, no, a a little bit different from what happened. It was October 22nd, 2018, so I'm coming up on a two-year anniversary. Stopped for an errand on my way to the gym, got out of my car to run my errand, and was rocking across the parking lot uh, into a store. And as I was walking across the parking lot, I heard what I thought were fireworks going off on the corner to the south of me. Everybody kind of around me started running and freaking out and kind of turned towards the street and told people, hey, don't worry, it's just fireworks. And right at that moment, a black Lincoln town car came racing down the street and let out a barrage of bullets towards me and the establishment I was going into. They were apparently aiming for some guys who were in a gang who were in the area. And I was the only person hit. And so I got shot. The bullet went through my intestines and came out my right hip. I kind of immediately knew what happened. I hit the ground immediately. My mind is thinking, I just got shot. I'm about to die. I have to call my mom and tell her what happened and that I loved her and basically say goodbye. So I, I certainly understand wanting to talk to your mom, but why didn't you first call 911? You know, I think it was instinct for me uh, was I kind of, I guess I made the decision that I probably wasn't going to make it. And so that the most important thing for me to do with my time was talk to my mom and tell her that I loved her. I have to say that phone call for her must have just been unbearable. Yeah, not a fun call to get your son saying, hey mom, I just got shot, I love you. My God, poor woman. Yeah. And poor you. Yeah. And so I actually... Took my phone out with one hand, started calling my mom. I put the other hand on the hole in my stomach that was dumping blood out. 
and everybody on the street freaked out because it was a shooting and they all ran so there was nobody really around so was this at night what what time of day was this uh it was five o'clock in the afternoon so it was like completely normal day sunny day nobody could have you've been walking there and said oh we shouldn't be here kind of thing so i spent about a minute on the phone with my mom uh, right as i started to lose the energy to be on the phone with my mom some people from the store came out. One of the gentlemen took the shirt off his back and put it on the, the hole in my stomach to try to apply pressure. They told me that they had called the police, which was a massive relief for me to think, okay, maybe what I told my mom isn't true. Maybe I don't need to be saying goodbye. Uh, as we were waiting for the police to come, I told them to use my phone to call my dad because my mom wasn't even in the city at the time and my dad was and I wanted him to know what was happening as well. And three minutes after I had gotten shot, two very young police officers showed up. Uh, to my knowledge, they're about my age. We've gotten to know each other since everything has happened. They immediately started working to stabilize me and stop the bleeding. One of them kind of focused on securing the scene while the other one focused on asking me questions, kind of keeping me alert and asking me what I like to do and wh where I live and all these kind of things. And I remember telling him, you know, I like to not get shot. <laughs> right. I, this was something I've learned afterwards. One of them was that the firefighters and the EMTs aren't allowed to do anything until the police department declares a scene safe. Which makes sense, uh, you know, you don't want your firefighters to be getting injured or EMTs to be getting injured. And so, in my case, uh, the firefighters and the EMTs, they actually got there, similar timing to the police officers, but they actually had to sit on a corner and watch as the police stabilized me. Um, which goes to show, you know, police are doing medical things, they're doing all sorts of things. So those two officers stabilized me, secured the scene. So after, I would say, three or four minutes with the officers stabilizing me, then the paramedic crew was able to come over. Normally would have taken that ambulance about 25 minutes to get to Harborview, which is where I was taken, at 5 o'clock on a Monday. And they got me to the hospital in 10 minutes. I lost 20% of my blood before I got to the hospital. Typically, if you lose 40%, you die. And most of the doctors who saw me said that if the police hadn't gotten to me as fast as they did in you know, three minutes from being shot and applying pressure on the wound, and that the EMTs and the firefighters hadn't been able to make that a 10-minute drive, that I wouldn't be here to tell my story and kind of spread what I've learned. And then the next day, I had eight-hour surgery they thought I was going to be in the hospital for two weeks. I got out in about eight days. I attribute a huge portion of the fact that I was able to recover so fast, the fact that I was able to even make it to the emergency room is totally thanks to those Seattle police officers who were able to get to me so fast and the fact that they both had medical training you know, I made a full recovery and have kind of come away from this experience with a different view on police in general and policing. I think growing up, my 
relationship and experience with the police was they pull you over when maybe you're speeding and you don't think you're driving that dangerously or you know they give you parking tickets it's kind of like if you think about it their job is to make sure we're following the rules of society for the most part and that we're following the social contract there's definitely you know those who have experiences of systemic issues i'm not going to say that doesn't exist there are, i think there are people and i was one of these people who viewed the police as kind of part of a arm of a systematic machine that may treat people differently than other people. So I think after this experience, I came away from it as the police are people who saved my life. I would not be here if it were not for them. I woke up that morning on October 22nd thinking I was just going to live my life and have a normal day. And I got shot and almost died. And my life is never going to be the same. If you're a police officer, you wake up and you have that feeling and thought every day. I have no idea how that feels, but it must be incredibly hard and heavy and scary and stressful. I think just having that experience where I got shot and kind of felt something that is much more likely to happen to a police officer put me a bit more in their shoes of like, wow, that's terrifying. They're incredibly brave people doing a job that I couldn't, wouldn't want to do because of that risk. And also that they not only have to worry about that every day, but then their job is when other people maybe get shot or whatever, they're running towards it, not away from it. In the grand scheme of things, if you have somebody in your society who is there to come to you in the scariest times and help you and potentially save your life. So I think for me, that was just a huge thing. My understanding is after this incident, you actually wrote a letter to the Seattle Police Department thanking them. Yeah, I think in this experience and coming out of it with a different view of the police, I've tried to do my best to make that view known to officers in law enforcement, wherever they may be. And so I did send a thank you letter to the Seattle Police Department specifically thanking both of those officers because I do truly believe that if it weren't for those two officers responding to the scene at the time with the specific training and equipment that they have, uh, that I would not be here alive today. And that it's, you know, those risks that those officers took that day and that other officers take every day. Those officers and officers like them are truly heroes doing the work of heroes and uh, cannot thank them enough. Well, I'm sure they appreciated that very much. And I'm sure they appreciate hearing that again right now, especially now when things are very difficult. What is your impression of what is going on right now? It's been a really hard place for me, I would say, like the last four to six months, because all you see on TV is a barrage of negative images about the police and all of these bad stories. I think that you can't have a conversation about the police without saying that there's systemic problems in our society as a whole, and those have leached through to everything. 
in terms of the relationship between the police and society. Yes, there are police officers who have made some mistakes, but that there are also tons and tons of police who are out there risking their lives every day to save the lives of people like me. I don't know, I think people are just losing sight of the important things that the police do do. A good way that I kind of think about it is when I talk to the guys who work for me, I try to tell them like once a week, tell me the awesome thing that you did in your job that I'm never gonna hear about. Because for the most part, when I'm meeting with the guys who work for me, I don't hear about the things that went well because they went well. They went how they're supposed to go. I hear about all the problems and the things that they need help on. And so I think that we need to keep that in our memory and keep that in our, our, our sight that you often don't hear about the good things because that's what is supposed to happen. I imagine that there's amazing things that police, I mean, I not imagine, I know there's amazing things that police all across the country are doing every day, but we're not hearing about it. And I think that's the problem. So I try to do every time I see a police officer, no matter where I am, I just tell them thank you. I say, hey, I've been touched by your work and know the risks that you take, or understand the risks that you take every day. I think even that I'm now a shooting victim, I probably still can't say I understand or feel the risks fully. You need to think about all the times you do something good and nobody knows about it because it's the same thing for the police. So true. That's what I'm trying to do with this podcast is tell the stories that don't make the news. Tell the stories of all the good things that they do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I see the two officers who responded to my call periodically throughout the city just driving about my day and every time I try to stop and say hi and I remember we had the massive protests downtown in Seattle where they burned the squad cars and just complete riots basically and I saw one of the officers who responded to my call and I was like hey man how are you holding up right now I know this is I can't imagine what this is like right now and his response was I'm just trying to do the best that I can to be a good ambassador for police and make people realize what we do. Uh, and it was dumping rain as it does in Seattle. And he had said, he said he had just seen a kid waiting at a bus stop in the dumping rain. And he stopped and picked him up, asked him where he was going to go on the bus. And he gave him a ride to where he was going to go. So he wasn't sitting out in the rain. And like, that's a super simple thing, but that changed that kid's day. Maybe it got him to a job interview or somewhere not looking like a wreck and faster and not cold, but you're never going to hear about it. And that happens every day. Well, I think you're exactly right. So I understand you did even more than write a thank you note. You actually went so far as to help raise some funds. So yeah, and for me, if I don't think there's ever a way where I'm going to be able to fully feel like I've paid it back because... I have a whole life ahead of me now, thanks to those officers in the Seattle Police Department. One of the things I'm trying to do, other than share my story to help change people's minds, is to use my story to help groups that are doing things for police departments. So after getting shot and recovering, I met with the detective on my case, and I kind of told him, I said, hey, 
I want to use this experience for good. What can we do using my story to actually try to help keep the type of violence that touched me from happening again, but also to continue to provide officers like those who came and saved my life. One part of it is solving the root of the problem, which is gang violence, and then the other part is on the solution side of helping support those who are trying to deal with the problem. In talking to the detective on my case, what we found was uh, one program that seems to be doing the best job in Seattle at taking a all-encompassing approach to preventing gang violence, and that is the YMCA's Alive and Free program. They do is they provide after-school programs, counselors, practice job interviews, actual job opportunities, all sorts of support for kids who are at risk of joining gangs. And then when I asked him, what can I do to support police? He kind of immediately said, Seattle Police Foundation. Crazy enough, the police department budget does not have enough money in it to give police first aid equipment. And so some of the first aid equipment that was used on me was donated by a specific program called their EMT program, where they create these EMT kits, put them in squad cars, um, and train officers to be able to provide EMT life-saving aid. If you think about it, police are going to car accidents, violent crimes, and when somebody like me gets shot, they're the first line of defense. And so I specifically focused on wanting to raise money for that because if those officers hadn't gone through that program and gotten equipment from that program, I would not be alive. And so on um, the anniversary of my shooting, I held a fundraiser with family and friends. We brought people from both of those groups. I told my story like I've told you and asked folks if the story touched them to, you know, think about looking at these groups, learning about them, maybe making a contribution. The anniversary of my shooting is October 22nd. If this story has meant anything to you, I would ask you to look into those groups, see if they seem interesting to you, something you would want to support. For those listening in who are inspired by your story and want to donate to either group, do you know how to donate to the YMCA? The YMCA's program is called the Alive and Free Program. And if you go to seattleymca.org backslash accelerator backslash violence hyphen prevention. I'm sure you could also Google YMCA Alive and Free and, and get there pretty quick. Okay, great. And then for the Seattle Police Foundation? Yeah, it's uh, seattlepolicefoundation.org. Great. Thanks for that. I will put both those links on my podcast Facebook page. If you're on Facebook, just search for On Being a Police Officer to find the page and the links will be there. And I think just as important is to try to be more open-minded. The next time you see a police officer, try to say thank you or start a conversation with them. Uh, because even if you might not know them or understand where they're coming from. We're all humans who live in the same places and go through the same problems, and we need to understand each other a bit more.
So I'm going to do my part and say thank you to all the officers out there doing what you do every day. I know that it's an incredibly dangerous job. You don't get the appreciation that uh, you deserve. I know that myself and my family and my friends and loved ones all appreciate you very much. What is amazing to me is that you could go through this, go through such a traumatic event. You, in fact, have chosen to tell this story and to use it to pay it forward and make change in the world. Yeah. No, I mean, thanks for providing an opportunity for me to keep using it for good. I figure the only way I'm going to be stronger and help society and the world be stronger is to remember what happened and learn from those memories and try to help other people learn from them too. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs>